All right, so bonus round. Let's talk about heist games. Let's talk about Ocean's Eleven style experience, bringing that all together. You know, that's what the big score is based on. We talked about in the main show that, you know, you had the idea for that experience first, and I find that that's a really good place to start with the design. What kind of experience do we want people to have? But how in the world do you get that experience from a movie like that and put it on a table and make, make it a game, make it engaging, make it fun? How did you make that happen? Well, one of the things I'm really proud about this game is it it does have two halves, Act 1, Act 2, and they are completely different. They're not... It's it's not that we took two entirely different games and then sort of, you know, just bolted them on to one another. There there is a greater arc that combines the games, uh, combines the halves, really well. Um, but I'm I'm really proud of the fact that the the back half of the game is really not even like the back half. It we we call it the the press your luck grand finale because it's it's what the whole game has has been working up toward. And, uh, you know, if you're trying to create tension of, of being in a bank vault, robbing lockboxes as fast as you can, knowing that there's a band of squad cars screaming down on you, they're going to be there any moment, press your luck is a pretty darn good way to do that. Yeah. And so that was a mechanic we started with to, to just have that, that tension of like the longer I stay, the more money I make, the longer I stay, the more money I make. But if I stay too long, I'm going to lose a whole ton of money. So... That was that was a a, a really fun. It, it's such a a fun way to end that game, to have that you know grand finale in the vault. And there's other things that are happening in the vault too. There you know there's other decisions to make and special abilities that are, that uh, come into into play and things like that. But that was one of the things that we chose right away is that we were going to have this grand you know grand finale press your luck thing to give you the feel of oh I should go one more round. But I know that Chase might go one more round, and when he does, he's going to get that amulet and he's gonna that's gonna put him in the lead in that and i, I gotta stay but i got this ability i want to use and i want to split and so I'm, I'm really proud of of how that kind of shook out i think there's i can't really think of anything else that is like that no no it's it's it there's a lot of games that people play and and that you play the game the first round and you play the exact same thing the second round right. and then the third round and the fourth round then you count up points mm-hmm. movies don't work that way and so a game based on a movie, and there's a ton of intellectual property board games out there that, that don't do very well, and it's because they don't work like a movie. A movie should feel, and I'm very passionate about film, right? So a movie works where you have minor plot details, then you have character development, and then you have a sort of decision point in the movie, and then it, it sort of arcs over into the finalization of the plot and the climax, right? That's that's sort of the formula for how, how you make a movie. And so our game had to have all of those elements. And so when, you know, he and I both love prison escape movies and heist movies, and it's, it's two of our, our favorite themes. When we said Ocean's Eleven, the board game, we both knew immediately what it had to have. It had to have multiple personalities because, uh, you know, that whole movie is about, and, and all heist movies are about these, these different backgrounds of people and different, um, different types of personalities sort of coming together for all, for, for this one task because it takes those type different types of people to complete it and so our game had to have that and then uh, you know jason's talking about that big finale we knew if our players don't end up in a vault feeling like the cops are coming while they're shoveling cash into duffel bags and if they don't hurry up and go they're going to get arrested we have failed at this design because it does not meet the criteria and so 
when we when we sort of laid out there, those those concepts, then it became design mechanics that are going to get generate those results. And so now when you play, you feel like that. I've got my character. I'm unique. I have a personality that everybody else doesn't have. I look different than everyone else. My decisions on how I sort of allocate my funds and my crew members are going to be completely individualized. I'm going to have a different amount of take. And then we're going to go into the vault. I'm going to make my own decision of how long I want to stay and risk going to jail. And then if I make it out, we'll add up the money and see if I made the best decision. Um, and and so that's 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 sort of the difference, I think, in designing a regular game and a game that's supposed to feel like a movie is if it doesn't have that arc and it doesn't it doesn't have that traditional more movie formula. Um, you haven't really succeeded because the movie, then it just becomes, well, I'm playing a game that has characters from this thing that I know. Yeah. And that's, that's not what we were going for. You know, if, if we had ended up with the property, you know, the, the property and we could have put George Clooney's face on the box. Um, but it didn't, it wasn't the same game. We would have failed. Yeah. Yeah. There's another aspect. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I think a lot of those IP games, they, they, they're not really, like you said, they don't feel like the nah. thing it's supposed to be. It's just yeah. this kind of a game that has pictures from the movie or pictures yeah. from the TV show as the art. Right. Yeah. And I'm supposed to get into it that way. But like you're saying, exactly. it's, it, it very rarely fully embodies the feeling I had when I watched it or the feeling that those characters would have been having as they participated in whatever that storyline was. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. If, if people don't feel like that character at some point in the game, you have not succeeded. There's another feeling in the game that I really love. And, and uh, as Chase said, it's a competitive game. It, it, it plays two to six competitively. Um, there, there's a solo mode that was designed by AJ Porfirio him, himself, um, you know, the designer of Hostage Negotiator. He designed the, the solo mode, which is fantastic. Um, but it, it plays two to six competitively, but there's this aspect to the game where you kind of have to work together with your op- opponents a little bit. If mm-hmm. you're going to do well, if you're going to win, it's because you sort of work together with other players at times, but in the most shady way. Yeah, it's it's all in your mind, right? You, the, the, by working together... You know, and he's using that terminology. What it what it really means is getting the other guy I, to do the I, work for you. I kind of I'm kind of sure that I know what you're going to do. I'm going to piggyback your actions that I'm pretty confident you're going to make with as little effort as possible yeah. on my part, so that I get the same amount of money that you got. Yeah, best case scenario, this thing succeeded, and we both reaped the benefits. But you're the only one that really had to pay for it. Like, really had to like and that, put in. And that's that's sort of yeah. how it works. It's, it's it actually creates a lot of like tension but there's there's always laughter too when that when that stuff happens it's just like ah i can't believe you did that or you know and then there's this so that let's let's tell them about that from a heist movie there's always that guy in the heist movie that they call in that they the movie turns it into slow motion and this really cool music plays and the guy comes like slowly walking around the corner and if it's brad pitt he's eating something you know and he, he comes around the corner and and everybody just sort of knows and the audience knows at that moment Oh, this guy is the guy. He he is the one that's going to solve whatever the problem is that the team is experiencing right now. He's the go-to. Well, in the big score, he's called the jack of all trades, and he basically is the the he represents the one guy in your crew that can do anything. The problem is you only get to use him once per round. 
But so, so what you're doing is you're trying to use him, but you don't want to use him if other people will use theirs. At the same time. At the same time. And so there's this whole under the table, you put it in your fist, and then you put your closed fist out on top of the table, and you either reveal that you sent him or you didn't. Um, and that's that's always a cool moment always because yeah. you, you all open your hands and everyone's hand is empty and you all fail. You all fail. Or yeah. everyone used their jack of all trades and now you've all wasted him when you only needed one of you to do it. Yeah. And it's it represents that moment where, oh, I really need this expert to do this thing for me. Oh, I have that guy on my payroll. Let me call him and he'll come in and he'll save the day for me. Um, and that was something that I felt we needed in a heist game. Yeah, very cool. Now, any other, like, what advice would you give somebody who's working on a heist game or they're working on a mobster, you know, crime game trying to create one of these experiences? What would you tell them? It all comes down to feelings. I mean, it's like, what do you want your players to feel? We're all after fun, but we all have different, you know, we all have different versions of, of what fun is. Is fun being, uh, fun being super tense and feeling, you know, the the pressure of, when are the cops going to show up and I'm going to get busted or is fun, you know, much more lighthearted than that. And there, there's not any sort of like, you know, real player conflict. And, and so it, it's like, you really have to think about when you say, watch a movie of a heist game or it could be anything, it could be, you know, pirates or Lord of the Rings or whatever it is. Why do you like that? Why is it fun? What kind of journey do you go on when you watch that thing or read that book or listen to that song? What, what, what is it that makes you enjoy it? How do you recreate that at the table? What kind of mechanism gives you that same thing, uh, that same feeling? And if can you find it? And then when you find it, can you make it better? And, and can you focus on it? And uh, that's what we try to do with the big score. I would, uh, I would recommend that anyone who wants to make a game that – I mean, and if they're making a heist game, they're obviously making a thematic game, yeah. right? They're not making a cube pusher if they're doing that. So my yeah. recommendation would be every decision you make – Ask yourself, how do we explain that thematically? Mm -hmm. Because when you want, when your people are playing, when your when your players are playing the game, you want them to feel like what they're doing makes sense. And and to your point earlier, Gabe, you want people to feel like those characters in the movie. Yeah. And if what they're doing can't be explained thematically, and they're you're and, and, and players are smart. If they're smart enough to say, well, I'm just doing this because they needed a way for this to happen for the game to be playable. Um, you're going to disconnect them from that theme. You're going to lose your players in that sort of environment that you've created for them. And so you, you want to make sure that all of your decisions are based around the, the end goal, which is I want my players to feel like they're doing the thing that I'm basing this game around. And so if you can't find a creative way to compromise or to come up with a, to come up with a solution, you, you can compromise. You can make, make decisions for, to, to make the game playable, but, but, Get some help. Ask some. Ask somebody else. How would I invoke this emotion? Yeah. How would I get this feeling that I'm trying to get in a way where I can make that the mechanism and how the game works? You know, in in the big score, you know, we we sat down and said, how do we make you feel like cops are getting closer to you, and and that the threat is always there? Well, every time you reach in the vault and you pull out a token. You run the it, risk. You run the risk of if that's a cop, they're one step closer to the door of the vault. Um, and so that's how we chose to invoke that stressful emotion of do I or do I not stay in the vault? It's uh, funny how there are mechanics that are super compelling and just 
unique and so interesting in the way that they weigh, uh, the way that they work. It's just like the gears, uh, the, the way that mechanic turns is just like, wow, that's so, so neat and cool. But, but what is it? Like, what does it represent? Right. Does it, do I, do I experience that mechanic and, and go, oh, that feels like I just grew resources in a field or does it feel like, oh, I just added more movement to my pirate ship. I'm a big fan of Christian Markison. I love uh, Clash of Cultures. It's one of my favorite games. And I, I, and the reason why I appreciate him so much is because he has such a knack for coming up with mechanisms that feel exactly like what they represent. If he, you know, if it's like you gain this ability that allows you to do this thing, and then how that is represented on the board, I can see it. I can see that that mechanic play out on the board and in my mind in the exact same ways. It feels like exactly what it's supposed to do. That's when I get super excited about games and and mechanics and things like that. So I've always tried to like look for those kinds of things where somebody has to learn a new rule or a mechanic or whatever. But it's become so easy to do because it's on the uh, intuitive highway. You know what I mean? Right. Makes it a lot easier to explain a game. To yeah. Someone. If you explain a game where it's just like everyone's going, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, of course. Yeah. You're doing it right, in my opinion, as opposed to here's this thing and here's this exception and this goes this and that and whatever. And people are just like, I don't know why that's a rule, but OK. You know, that's that's when I tend to, to sort of. I don't appreciate those as much. <laughs> right. Yep. I got it. Well, guys, good luck with your game. I hope it does really, really well on Kickstarter. Thank you. And again, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. And good luck with all the other stuff you got going on right now. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. See ya.